everybody. How you doing? This is You Be You and I'll Be Me, Jen Kesnick, and today I have my oldest daughter, Beth Kesnick. Hi, Beth. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited. Um, so how was being the oldest of four in our family? Um... It was great. You know, I sometimes feel like I raised four kids myself. I know you think that. <laughs> How many times when you were little would I say, I'm the mom? I know. <laughs> there was a little battle between who was the mom. <laughs> Only in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was great. I feel like, you know, I was a good leader to Mark, Mary, Jane, and Kelly. Absolutely. You're a stellar example. And, um, you know, it's great being the oldest and leading the way and doing everything first. Well, what I love about you guys is that you're definitely a team and you watch out for each other and you take care of each other coming from you down. Um, you know, Kelly doesn't really take care of anyone, but <laughs> there's no she's one the for baby. her to take care of. Yeah, she's the baby. Um, so being that older, you were always an old soul. You were born that way. I mean, I think maybe when you're born to parents who are as young as dad and I were when you were born, you kind of have a different kind of upbringing because you were around all of our friends and you were kind of like everybody's baby, you know, and everyone um, knew you and you were, you interacted with a lot of different people and a lot of different personalities and you were very comfortable around adults yes. as a kid because I didn't have any friends who had kids. So yes. you hung out with my friends um, a I lot of the time. went to the keg parties at age two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You had a tap of keg. Um, but I think that served you very well because you were, you know, you could talk in, you, to adults at a very young age. You weren't intimidated by that. You were very confident. And, yeah. you know, we treated you, we never treated you like a little baby, you know. I mean, we took care of you like a baby, but we always spoke in like conversational tone to you. Yes. Even when you were little, you know, like, Beth, would you like, you know, just normal. Like, I would be talking to my friend. Yes. And I think Which that... Which I think, you know, was a great thing. And I think that it was funny when, you know, I would just be like, oh, did you hear about, you know... Yeah. The uh, situation in Syria today. <laughs> and I was, like, three years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. So you've always been kind of interested in um, not being older, but you were just an old soul. Yes. Always was. Uh, so it was should have been no surprise to me when you were uh, in sixth grade and we suddenly got all these um, catalogs for boarding schools in the mail. And I had no idea that you'd even looked on the interweb yes. since it was brand new and sent away for these. Yes, all by myself. I decided that I was going to go to boarding school and without my parents' knowledge or, you know... I looked up online Taft because I had family that had gone there and, you know, I, I thought at, you know, age 15, I was a, a full adult and I was ready for well, that. Well, this was even in sixth grade though, when you first got the, yeah. so they came and, and with a note from, you know, Ferdy Wandel at Taft, the director of admissions who became such a great mentor and friend to you, um, with a note that said, you know try back in two more years, you know, when you're in eighth grade, give us a call. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was definitely a go-getter at an early age. And I think that I knew, 
you know, boarding school is something I wanted to do. And so I went for it. Yeah. I mean, we joke with you that you ride your unicorn around Mm -hmm. and that, you know, you live in Beth world, but that's you, you've always believed in yourself and known that you can do anything that you put your mind to. So in sixth grade, you put your mind to, I'm going to go to boarding school and you end up going to Taft, which is an unbelievably amazing school. Um, for 10th grade. Stayed home for 9th because we'd moved to a new city or a new town. So you thought you'd give it a shot, but really you always knew that's where you wanted to be. Yes. And so what was Taft like for you? Taft was probably one of the best experiences I've had so far. In Um, school. In school. I, you know, I really became the independent adult that I thought I was. Yeah, because you went to Taft, you went away to school, and the first time you came home, which was probably Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. um, I said, so how do you like it? And you said, I like it a lot. And I, she, what did you say? Like, the year before, you know, you were scrapbooking, mm-hmm. you know, with Molly. <laughs> and <laughs> Woohoo, wild Saturday night. <laughs> Sacred Heart. Shout out Molly Finnerty and Sacred Heart Girls. <laughs> so... Now suddenly you're like, you know, I think I'm going to take the train to Manhattan and meet my friends for dinner. I'm like, absolutely not. What are you doing? But I asked you, you know, what do you like about it? And you said, I really feel like it's teaching me to think more analytically already. And I was like, okay, I guess you're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely brought on a new way of thinking about, you know, things and the world around me. And I think having Ferdy as a mentor and an advisor was hugely influential because him and Joanna, you know, really were like parents away from you and dad. Right. And there were people that we could trust and trust you to. Yes. You know, I remember crying in Ferdy's office, like, but who's going to hug her when she's sad about something? <laughs> he was like, I will. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. And, you know, as brave as I was to go away to school, there were times when it was hard. And Oh, yeah. He said, I don't know if you were going to make it. Yeah. And luckily with that family there, you know, they were such a great support system. And Taft turned out to be the best three years of my school experience. And the friends I made there and the experiences I had are, you know, something that goes with me through the rest of my life. Sure. Absolutely. It was a good investment. I'm glad that you got to go there and experience that. Um, and then you went on to St. Lawrence for a few years before you transferred to Villanova. Yep. And then what year did you graduate? 2012. 2012. And so you've been in New York City ever since. But in New York, it'll be five years in June. Living the dream. Living the dream. So you started out, um, you know, first job working for media company. Yep, first job was um, permission data and digital marketing and media. Which is huge right now. For huge. People right out of college, especially, right? That's yep. like what everybody kind of seems to. Yep. The um, digital advertising and marketing world is huge. And um, then, you know, even though that was an amazing first job, I always knew that I wanted to get into news and, you know, the broadcast news world and I was very persistent and I was really good about networking and following up with people and I landed a job at Good Morning America which was awesome and that was amazing my shift was a little hard I was going into work at midnight 
And, you know, the anchors came in at three in the morning and I wasn't really sleeping. No, (laughs) you were like a chronic napper. Yeah. So I would take, you know, a nap for four hours and that would be it. Yeah. That was rough. That was tough. But you paid your dues. You worked there for a year. Yep. I did that for a year. And then um, I was lucky enough to get connected to the amazing Soledad O'Brien. That's right. And she Who then became another person that was a great mentor to you. Yes. And she's been a great mentor to me throughout my time in New York City. And um, I worked for her at her production company. And I traveled with her. I... You know, got producer experience and um, just had an amazing, amazing time with her for about a year and a half. And then from there, I went to The Guardian and continued on the kind of news path, but not so much broadcast, more digital and, um, you know, print being a paper. And I had another great mentor, Eamon, who is the CEO of The Guardian in the U.S. Eamon Story. Eamon Store. Store. And um, he, you know, I've really had some great people that I've worked for so far. And as much as these companies and these experiences have been great, it's really the people you work with and the bosses I've had that have kind of launched me to the next thing. Yeah, it's all about relationships, Mm -hmm. right? And you were so lucky um, in, with your last two bosses that they really were unbelievable people who treat everyone well and respectfully and, um, you know, were just great people to work with and really, um, perfect for you and your personality and, you know, you're a people person. And, mm-hmm. um, so that was, that was a great fit for you. Yeah. It was really fun to watch actually. Yeah. And now... And now I am working for a great guy named Mark Daly, and I'm working at Ronald Perlman's company, McAndrews and Forbes. And Mark's the chief strategy officer, and he kind of deals with all media, entertainment, partnerships. So it's really aligns with you know kind of the things I've been doing. Yeah, which is cool. You you've always wanted to be in that world in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, from when you were a kid and you'd watch, um, you know, some child actor and you'd be like, take me in. Like, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And be like, no, you have too many brothers and sisters. When I asked you to get me an agent when I was three. Yeah. Get me an agent. (laughs) And told me in all seriousness, when you were like nine years old, that when you were giving your Academy Award speech, you were going to not thank me. Yeah. Because I did nothing for you to help your career. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, but you've always wanted to be in this and you're following through with it. I mean, you've always, uh, gone for what you wanted to do. Nothing ever held you back. And that's a hugely admirable quality to have. I mean, you were a little kid and there was a dance and you were in the middle of the dance floor going crazy, dancing around as you did. You took dance forever, right? Yeah. And I remember somebody's mom, you know, because there's a bunch of little girls that were hanging out on the side and somebody's mom said to you, like, Beth, you have so much confidence or something like that. And you were like, life's too short to stand on the side. Like, you got to get out there and dance. 100%. And I feel like that's really been why I've been so successful with my jobs, because I feel like 
I have the confidence, you know, you have to have the confidence in yourself and be your own biggest fan. And then everyone else will believe that and follow. And if they don't, they don't. Yeah. That's okay too. Yeah. (laughs) Just as long as you believe it. Exactly. And I think really, you know, if you're passionate about something and you have goals that you want to accomplish, you know, you set out and make that happen and no one can make it happen but you really. Right. And it's, it's cool. I think like we've had this conversation before. I think it's great to have goals, but be flexible on how you get there. Yes. Because things happen in life that pop up and take you on a side street for a little while and then you get back on that main road again. But always keep that goal in mind. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to connect dots to get the big picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is... It's not a straight line. It's a squiggly line. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's cool. And you get... I know you get a lot of um, people asking you advice and, um, like, girls right out of college especially are always like, how do I get that Good Morning America job or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for women for just women? coming right out of school and... Um, I would say to, um, be proactive and be persistent and don't be persistent in an annoying way, but do the right things like, you know, network with everyone, Mm -hmm. send people emails. If you're interested in what someone does, ask them to get coffee. Um, you know, always even do an old school thing, like write a handwritten note. Yeah. I feel like that's a throwback quality Mm -hmm. that many kids today don't do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes you stand out amongst the crowd. Right. And you have to be your authentic self. Yes. Or else it doesn't ring true. You know, you can't be, um, oh, hi, Mr. So-and-so. I'd really, you have to be real. Yes, you have to be real. And, you know, just be honest and say, I'm really interested in this and I don't know much about it, but I would love to. And don't even ask for the job. Just say, can I shadow you? Yeah. Or can I sit with you? Can I you? pick your brain yeah. and buy you a coffee sometime? Exactly. Right. What can I do for you? Exactly. That you'll want to do this for me. Yes. And people like that. Mm-hmm. And people want people to, you know be interested and passionate about what they're doing. Yeah, so absolutely. When you show interest in that, then they'll they're more likely to help you. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um you know, when you are just starting out, that's a great thing to do is just to show people that you're interested in them and what they do and what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And people really want to help other people too. Like we yeah. I've talked about on on here before that like the greatest thing you know I mean, how great is it when you can help someone? Yeah. I know you do a lot of charity work with uh, Little Flower Children's Services, and you always have been involved in that. I mean, I hosted a Little Flower, and Little Flower Children's Services, Beth, why don't you tell them about that? Little Flower is a great organization on Long Island and the greater New York City area um, for foster children and families in need, and... It's um, and learning disabled adults and learning disabled adults. And up until 18, it has a foster home in Wading River. And um, then they kind of prepare you for real life. 
and they have different services like creating a resume or, you know, trying to find what these kids are passionate about and gear them towards that. Right. Um, and I've been involved in it ever since you and dad were involved in it. And then... So we had a party. Um, we hosted a, a Christmas party um, to raise money for Little Flower in whatever. You were in like ninth grade? Yeah. Um, and so you and your friends were on the junior committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so you became involved in doing things for Little Flower back in high school. Yeah. Um, and I think your charitable work um, and your philanthropy side really came out at Taft. Yes. Um, Taft's motto is Nanut Sibi, which means not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. And I went on, you know, a series of trips to Mexico. I went to Fiji, um, you know, through the community service at the school. I was a large part in creating the community service day that Taft has. Yeah. And, um, you know, service was just such a big part of the school. And I think that's part of the reason why I liked Taft so much was because giving back is a part of who I am. Right. And um, they really foster that as part of the whole experience. Yeah, they really did. I loved that about the school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now you're still involved with Little Flower. I love, you know, that you do committee work for them, um, but I really love when I see you do, like, hands-on things with the kids. That's my favorite. Yeah. um, Every Christmas, I wrap gifts, and we put on this kind of Christmas party for the foster kids, and we give them tattoos and face paint. Yeah. And it's just a fun day. Connect with them. And connect with these kids who, you know, I was pretty lucky. I went to boarding school, and I have nice parents and a nice family and um these kids don't all have that so yeah it's nice to it's nice do something nice for them to make you know a a brief moment in time better for them exactly um and you can get involved with little flower children's services by checking them out on their website and you can donate time money um services whatever you do if you want to get involved Get involved. It's a great organization. Um, And they're having their big gala affair. They're having the gala. It's next Thursday, um, April 27th, I believe. But if you want more information, you can send me a message or um, look up Little Flower online. And it's a great organization to get involved in. And I highly recommend everyone look into it. Yeah. And so your school continues because you just decided. Yes, I will, along with my job, I will be going to school part-time at Columbia, um, right in the city, to get my master's in journalism and documentary filmmaking. That's so cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's really neat. I mean, I know it's going to be a grind for a few years. Yeah. Everybody, you might not see me for two years, (laughs) but... Hopefully, it'll be all worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely worth it. Um, But I'm excited to work and pursue this passion of mine because, you know, ever since I worked with Soledad and I produced a few documentaries with CNN and Al Jazeera with her, um, 
I've really found that that is a medium where you can really tell a story. Yeah, I th- I saw a difference in you after you made um, after you helped produce the War Comes Home. The War Comes Home. Yeah, and for anyone that hasn't seen it, you can look it up online. But the War Comes Home was produced by Soledad O'Brien, and I was an associate producer on it. Um, and it's about uh, Afghan Afghanistan and Iraq war veterans who come home to the U.S. and have to reacclimate to you know everyday life with their kids and their families mm-hmm. and PTSD and, and dealing with post traumatic stress. And a whole bunch of issues. So it was really, really interesting to um, go through that and see, you know, from an idea, a whole documentary come to life. Yeah. And that's such an important, you know, um, thing right now to help these men and women who serve our country and sacrifice everything. Yeah. um, Not to be forgotten when they get home. Absolutely. Um, you know, they do such amazing things for to make us safe here. And then they come home and, you know, you can't just go to the grocery store or go pick up your kids at school after what you've just seen. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a really, really important topic and we need to do more for our veterans, I think. I agree. I agree. That's cool. So um, when does Columbia start? Columbia is going to start in May, and it'll be two nights a week while I am working a full-time job. Uh, yeah. So I will be busy. That's good, though. You like being busy. I do. When you were seven, you said, school's a game and I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm winning. <laughs> You're winning. Um, in a good way, not a Charlie Sheen win. Yeah, not a Charlie Sheen winning. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. And, you know, as I have many goals, it is, it is still a goal to get an Academy Award someday. Absolutely. And you can joke about, I'm not going to thank my mom. (laughs) And I'll say (laughs) no thanks to my mother. (laughs) Um, no, but I think that this is, you know, some people say, is this worth it getting your master's in, you know, film and journalism worth it. You can just do it nowadays with right, all right, right. the technology we have. But I really think that it is an important step. And um, I'm excited that, you know, after two years, I'll be done. And then I think I really have all the tools I need. Yeah. Collected all the information. And yeah. Can implement it. Yeah. And I'm happy and excited to watch because I feel like you're going to do some really important work. And, you know, make a difference. Yeah. Which is cool, which is all. Thank you. You ever wanted to do, which is amazing. And I would love to have you on anytime because we have so many things that we talk about. Yes. Um, You know, we'll have lots more uh, discussions and I hope you come on anytime you want to because uh, like your sisters, your brother still hasn't come on, but I'll get him soon. Um, Mark is just going to quote some movie lines and, yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about whalebone. <laughs> and J-Mo is dog. And his dog. No, he has things to talk about. I know. Uh, but, um, you know, everything from uh, what's dating like now to, you know, you and your friends living in New York and 
mm-hmm. uh, this time in your life and, you know, every, any time you want to come on and talk, any time you have a topic that you'd like to discuss, I would love to have you. Sounds great. I would love to be on. Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, I think you gave some great advice. And is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I would just say, you know, for any of the younger people that are starting out in the working world and, you know, don't really know what they want to do and um, seek out, you know, people that you think you're interested in what they're doing. And, you know, if you don't have an older sibling or someone, feel free to reach out to me. And that's nice. And it's cool because... You know, the bottom line, too, is is stick with it. Yep. Be persistent. Stick with it. Stay with it. And if you're trying to figure out what that is, you know, like Kate Flynn said in um, a previous podcast, like, what are you doing when you're having so much fun? You know, like right. when you're when you're on all six cylinders and eight hours has gone by and you didn't even realize it because you're so into what you're doing. Right. Like, what are you doing at that moment? And that is what you love and what your passion is and what you should be doing with Mm -hmm. your life. Um, So, you know, you are constantly um, checking out documentaries and uh, uh, content Mm -hmm. that interests you that you can someday, you know, talk about. I think you had a blog in... I did. I had a blog in college called Party in the USA. <laughs> a political blog, um, but geared towards your age group. But it so was actually before The Skim came out, which yeah. was interesting. Yeah. And I thought to, you know, take these political stories and real issues that are happening and digest them for a college audience. Yeah. And my kind of friend group. Right. Because my friends are always like, oh, BK for president. Right. What, what are you talking about today? <laughs> and... Just to put it in a way that the younger people understand it. Exactly. Make um, it more palatable and not so... Not so dry. Yeah. It's, it, you can still do that again. Yeah. It's a great idea. So, who knows? Good idea, There's Beth. There's a lot of different things out there that I want to get involved in, so... Well, you're doing everything right, girl. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, thank you for coming on. I... Like I said, we'll have you on any time because I love the way you do things. I love the way you think. And uh, it's been my pleasure being your mom. Oh, thank you. And see you next time. <laughs> uh, so thank you for listening. And if you liked what you hear, uh, by all means, go to uh, iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. And you can even rate and review it if you'd like. Have you rated and reviewed? To be honest, no. Oh, well, I will do that. You'll be doing that right now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, everyone. Thanks again. Um, Have fun. Work hard. Be nice. Peace.